welcome back to the Let's Call It Nothing podcast, where we discuss all things fangirl. You. I need you to get actual settings on that so we can have some. <laughs> I mean, I could probably make sound at some. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll figure it out. Um, to be co- to be discussed uh, <laughs> and continued <laughs> and continued. Um, I want some John Ralphio no- noises though. Yes, and Mona Lisa. Yes, and then we just break into. <laughs> don't be suspicious. Don't, don't be suspicious. Don't or, be suspicious. That was this week. I got <laughs> run over by Lexus. <laughs> For no reason, <laughs> for no reason whatsoever. Totally out of context. Oh wait, I would press that Actually, button so much. People get hit by cars a lot in these books. <laughs> I got run over by Lexus. Where were we? I don't, we're just starting. We introduced ourselves. We are in our third season, and I guess that's why it's getting crazier right now. We started. I think whenever this episode comes out, it would be almost our year mark. It will of be. officially starting, which is really exciting. Um, our audience hasn't grown at all, but we've had a lot of fun. <laughs> I think our audience has grown by just, how much? <laughs> just a fraction. <laughs> you know, it's a slow ascend up that mountain. Yeah. Ascent. That's that word. So season three, we're discussing beautiful creatures from the Castor Chronicles by Cami Garcia. Garcia <laughs> and Margaret Stoll. The Southern coming out. <laughs> the Southern. I don't know what accent that was. We, we've been getting witchy. We've been uh, getting to our Southern roots. We've had some heated, not debates, but just like conversations. Hopefully the story gets more interesting now. Yes. And there's a locket in someone's pocket. There's a locket in someone's pocket. Um, I'm Caitlin, by the way. I'm Peyton. I'm Reba. Yes. And before we jump into our beautiful creatures discussion, we're going to do what we love to do and talk about our current favorites. So I have mine down. I believe after the last recording session, I picked up A Quarter Thorns and Roses. Yes, you did. And I am on the third book right now, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty close to finishing it. I'm kind of obsessed. I love it. Reba missed. Thankfully, you missed our discussion earlier. Where I was like, what do you know? <laughs> like, like, she kept trying to hint at stuff, and I'm like, oh, yeah, this is... And I'm trying like, not to make faces. Yeah, and I was like, um, yeah, she like was trying not to say something. <laughs> she was, just came out and was like, oh, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and she was like... And I was like, I'm literally on the page where this is discovered. <laughs> oh, I know you were on the page. <laughs> yeah, I said it, but you never, you only halfway pay attention to me. <laughs> no, no, I only halfway pay attention to everything. <laughs> it's true. Um, So I'm really liking that. Um, It's very hard to put down. I've also been um, always reading uh, comics. So a few I want to mention is The Golden Forest. I had to give Caitlin the full... I listened to some of that. Some of that. I know you didn't <laughs> listen to all of that because it's a long story. But um, <laughs> it's on Manta, I believe. And it's really good. Very interesting. I won't spoil it for you. So then uh, on Webtoons, a it's I don't think it's like officially picked up by Webtoons. It's just a... Uh, normal person that's trying to get into the comics they've got i can't remember the name i think it's like true or something has a series called the gentle way and they just started back on it and it is so good it's about judo and this girl who's like obsessed with judo but she's so passive that she can't get through it and this like cute big buff guy saves her one day and she's like oh i need you to train me in judo and he's like no (laughs) and so 
if she just follows them around like a puppy. Love that. Yeah. I mean, it's super cute. And um, I really enjoy that. Another thing is um, I've been watching a lot of Good Mythical Morning just because my brother left. He is no longer living with us. And so I miss him. And that was the show we would watch together. Aww. So now I just binge watch it. And I'm sad. It's like when my brother was there, him and his fiance would be there. And, you know, we'd all hang out. And now I don't have that social life like I used to. Very depressing in my side of the world. One thing I want to get down, like, super fast. And I need everybody to stop. After this podcast, don't stop the podcast. But after, <laughs> after you get done here and you get some free time, go watch Inventing Anna. Because it is so good. If you don't know the Anna Delvey story, I highly oh, recommend yeah. it. It is so, so good. That's about it. I've been watching Love is Blonde, but mm-hmm. while running podcast notes. That was my pre-quarantine show, like yeah. right before COVID really hit and everything shut down. I watched Love is Blonde. Therefore, I could not watch the second season because I was in a different stage of life then. And mm-hmm. I feel like I'll be reminded. <laughs> I, need you, I need you to go and watch the second season because I don't give a shit about any of the other people but deep tea is where it's at like i hate her fiance oh yeah i've seen she's like blown up right now yes everybody loves her and there's a reason for it everybody mm-hmm. like i love deep tea yeah i've seen stuff about it but i haven't watched it i'm not really in the mood to watch that anyway. no but I mean, the closest thing I've watched to that recently is Inferno or Singles Inferno. Mm-hmm. I, I've heard a lot about that one, too. I'm not usually into the dating stuff, but it was so interesting. Mm-hmm. And obviously, the people that get together are very conventionally attractive. Yes. And I find that rigged. Like, the whole time, there's this one guy on um, the first season of Love is Blind, and his name's, like, Rory or something. And he's, like, helping the guys out, like, mm-hmm. talking to him. And I'm like, he's totally a ringer. Like, mm-hmm. isn't he a ringer? Like, he's not actually a contestant and that's just how i feel about it Uh (laughs) got other feelings you know i remember like texting y'all or something like snapchatting y'all about it though snapchat like back whenever i was watching it and being like yo jessica's an alcoholic and then whenever you said that i was like i'm pretty sure i told y'all this two years ago but i you know it had been so long ago i Uh completely forgot Uh everything you said i remember you talking about it because i could remember the scenes of her just like sitting there just like drinking away mascara just everywhere yeah (laughs) like yep and so i text and i'm like she's definitely an alcoholic like there is no way she's not an alcoholic she just drinks away her problems yeah that was interesting um i did that while writing the podcast notes so hopefully we don't see like mark is a sweet angel baby and (laughs) jessica's a bitch like i mean i've watched i guess kind of some k-dramas and then, of course, some Thai shows, because, you know, we're still on F4 in this household. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've actually been skipping because I get so upset when there's not... Another episode. Another episode. So I'm kind of holding back so I can just, like, binge watch Love it. that for you. <laughs> that's the thing I look forward to in the week, so I, I don't skip. <laughs> I understand. Like, that's how it was for me. But I think I got busy one weekend, and then it was like, okay, I'm going to hold back a few, like, a few I mean, Saturdays. The storyline is still basically the same as I the... I mean, you know it exactly yeah. what's gonna happen you know exactly what's gonna happen but it's so good yeah <laughs> but yeah there's like a combination of different thai shows that are going on and some korean ones um i think as far as reading which i stopped reading this a couple of weeks ago but there's like one webtoon that i was reading which it was seven fates chaco is what it's called i still don't remember exactly what the premise for it is since it's been a while since i've yeah. read it but i'm gonna have to get you hooked on some of mine that i got <laughs> yeah and i love them <laughs> 
And then others than that, it's just me um, listening either to compilations of music while I have to do other stuff or just watching YouTube videos about desk setups since I got a new yeah. monitor. <laughs> I, um, you know, and I also forgot to mention, I've also been listening to podcasts, but the only podcast I've really been into lately is the Piketon Massacre podcast. I'm not going to go into full detail, but a entire family in this small town community like eight people were gunned down in three separate locations. Mm-hmm. They don't really know what happened. Like all the adults, like sixteen from sixteen to forty four, and then the other like there were like three little little kids mm-hmm. that were left alive. Interesting. I just remembered that I did actually watch one thing true crime related on Netflix recently, and that was the Tinder Swindler. So mom made me watch the thing about Pam because she was like, you've got to say this because she saw saw the dateline. She's like, you've got to say this. And it's a dark comedy. and It's going to be amazing. (laughs) I love dark comedies, even though I know it's terrible because it's based off real things. I'm like, this is hilarious. Well, yeah, you talking about inventing Anna, like I know that I it's been a while since I've heard that story, but I know of that story. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's what was her name? Is it the one the woman that was like a pseudo Steve Jobs? That uh, she had that coming like Theranos or something? Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's yeah. a there's a Hulu show. Yeah. With uh, um, Amanda. Yeah. Seyfried. Yeah. About that. And see, I don't know why, but I love that so much. Like white collar crime like that is so interesting to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's because I um, am related to criminals like... <laughs> I mean, like, same. my ancestors are criminals, so it's like, yes. Anything, like, with a master plan is mm-hmm. very interesting to me. But, Caitlin, tell us about your books. <laughs> my books, because that's the only thing I've been doing. Um, so, in the month of February, I read, I think, nine books, eight or nine books. So, I slowed down a little bit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit. It's a big slowdown for me. And I read some that I really enjoyed. Um, I'm going to talk about four of them real quick. Y'all ready? I've definitely told y'all about them. I'm going to start at the top. The Love Hypothesis by Allie Hazelwood. So hyped up by TikTok. Some people hate it. A lot of people love it. It is a rom-com. And she, Allie, writes about women in STEM because that's like what she was. So this book is about a grad student named Olive. And um, she kind of like ropes herself into this mess where her best friend is starting to date this guy who like Olive went on a couple dates with but her, so her best friend's like oh I can't actually like he can't be my boyfriend or whatever because y'all went out even though Olive's like I'm not that into him like it's okay so she tells her friend I don't remember her friend's name I think it's like on or something um no I'm actually dating somewhere someone else and she goes way too far and she's like I'm actually meeting him tonight at the lab she <laughs> ends up the first guy that she sees she doesn't even see who it is starts making out with him <laughs> And then she pulls back and realizes it's this other guy who's like a professor in the department, but not like in charge of her. And his name is Adam. I would like to um, not preface because I'm into the story now. This was originally a Raylo from Star Wars fan fiction. So you could see a lot of it. But they start fake dating, which I love. And it's just so cute. There's a lot of stuff about just like sexism. Um 
and the STEM world. And it's just so much fun. They're super cute. Adam is like into her the whole time. And she's just like, oh, he's not that into me. He's just doing this because he has to. And I'm like, he's agreeing to fake date you. And his reasonings are just like really stupid right now. I love that. I've read so many books about that and people are annoyed. And I'm like, he's so into her though. Like you can tell the whole time. (laughs) Why can't this happen to me? (laughs) Not with a guy named Adam, but you know. (laughs) (laughs) For those that don't know that's Kaylin's brother's name. I always, every time I read a book, I'm like, Ugh. his name's Adam. Yeah, what's funny to me is how relatable to. I know. Read. I was like, Reba, you got to read this not right now because you're super stressed out about uh, relating to, to situations like this. Not the fake dating. I'm sure you would love if the something like that happened. The women in STEM. The women in STEM thing. And as a grad student, honestly, some of the she had to go through after hearing you earlier yeah like yeah you'd be like mm-hmm, yep been there done that mm-hmm. so that was like my top fave just because it was a cute rom-com that i read super quick um the next one was colleen hoover's new book reminders of him the only other book i read by her was ugly love and i was just like in shock <laughs> i was like why am i reading this this is horribly sad but this one is about this girl named kenna i think she's 26 years old and she's coming back to this town after five years spent in prison and she's coming back to see her daughter who she's never actually like met except for giving birth in prison and uh you find out why she went to prison and like this horrendous thing happened and she blames herself for it, even though there's other things involved. And she meets this guy who knew her ex and therefore also knows her daughter. And it's just about like everyone forgiving her for what had happened, her finally getting that relationship, her forgiving herself. It was super cute. It wasn't nearly as emotional as Ugly Love. I'm about to start. It ends with us maybe at some point if I'm emotionally ready because I hear that one's a doozy. So there was that one. The next one I have, this was a new release and I was really excited about it. And um, it's in this series called, the series name is The Dreamland Billionaires. So you know. <laughs> yeah, right off the bat. But um, the first one was The Fine Print and they're all about these brothers. The one I'm going to talk about is Terms and Conditions. They're all about these brothers who are basically like their grandfather invented the equivalent in this world to Disney World to Disney. like. Uh-huh. Their grandfather is Walt Disney because they have like a production company and like different theme parks across whatever. And so their grandfather dies. And in order for each of the brothers, there's three of them to get their inheritance. They have to complete these tasks. Love it. So the first one, he has to like take over the theme park and like rediscover his love for being like an Imagineer or whatever the equivalent is. The second one is about... um Declan and I feel like he got the short end of the stick because his was oh um in order to get your inheritance you gotta become CEO of the company and you gotta get married and have an heir (laughs) and he's damn he's the least like personable one like he hates people and so he's like okay i just gotta find a wife so everyone's like trying to find him a wife and his assistant iris is trying to find him a wife it falls through like right before his engagement party so she's like you know what i don't got a lot going on for me um i'll be your wife and sire your heir (laughs) she's like i've always wanted kids like and they make an arrangement like custody because he's like i don't want anything to do with the kid and she's like you're gonna have a little bit to do with this kid 
Like, and they're going to do it, like, in vitro, whatever. Like, they're not planning on having a relationship. But obviously, marriage of convenience style, they're going to have a relationship. And they end up falling for each other. Mm-hmm. And it's my favorite thing. Of course it is. It really is. It's a very Caitlin yeah. thing. And uh, they're also an interracial couple, which is a lot of fun. Because uh, you don't read a lot of that. Just period. So, I love that one. Okay, the last one I'm talking about, it's called Still Beating. And it's another, um, like, indie published one. And it's about these two people. The girl's sister is engaged to this guy. His name is Dean. That's all I remember. I don't remember her name at all. But I love guys named Dean in books. Yeah. It's always a thing. (laughs) Yeah. There's only one Dean I don't like, and that's freaking Dean Forrester from Gilmore Girls. I knew that's what you were about to say. I hate him. His name is Sam. Supernatural, (laughs) if you're curious. Love Dean and Supernatural, but (laughs) don't love Dean and Gilmore Girls. These two people hate each other. And, like, he's been with her sister for 15 years. They're engaged now, whatever. And they're going to be a part of each other's life. They end up getting kidnapped together. And it's this really horrendous situation where, like... Like, she is assaulted, you know, in front of him. And he's just like, look at me. Look at me the whole time. Just look at me. And, you know, they hate each other going into this. But they, like, have to find that solace and that comfort in each other. And they end up having to do horrible things with each other, considering their relationship. Mm-hmm. And um, eventually they get out. Thank goodness, because I could not read any more of that. Because I was like, I had to read this book whenever I wasn't home alone. Because I was, like, going to be terrified. Oh, I would not have read that. Yeah, yeah. Home alone. But then the rest of it um, is about them just dealing with it afterwards. And her sister is really horrible because she's like, y'all just get over it. Like, get over it. It's fine. Because he cancels the wedding and everything. And he's just like, I don't know what to do. And he clearly like starts falling for the main girl, even though (laughs) he's still with her sister and everything. But they had like this huge thing that happened to both of them together. And so understandably, but it was super emotional really enjoyed it if you're into that kind of go for it trauma brings you together yeah those were my top books reading right now i'm super add with i i haven't done anything else though i've written a little bit accidentally started a new story but that's normal of of course i was like i'm gonna start revising one then i was like i don't know how to revise i'm gonna start writing the next rom-com in this series and honestly there's no com there's just rom right there's not even rom right now i don't know what it is i'm like everyone's because the way i planned it out it's like six books and every other one is the more emotional one and i'm on that one right now that's my life right now i hope that after things change for me i'll be able to do more reading and stuff so yes reba has to read a court of thorns and roses series so that we can all talk about it See, we'd plan. You're not the only people who want me to read it. Maggie wants me to read it too. <gasps> she reads it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And TikTok is someone you to read it. So yeah, I know. I get so many TikToks on my for you page about also, it. Also, if you if you read it, then at a few years' time, we could talk about it on the podcast. A few years. <laughs> That's gonna happen soon. We're gonna be like out of conversation, but exactly. By a few years, it's going to take her a few years to get to it because she's going to be like, oh, I'm too busy. Oh, I'm too busy. I've got this going on. So it'll be two years. And then me and you will just be sitting there like, okay, we have all our I'm notes. like, I've read the second book 18 times. <laughs> it's just like tabbed. <laughs> just everything is highlighted. I'm a nerd, I guess. I don't know. 
where we last picked off, there's a locket in a pocket. And a locket in the pocket. Ethan's pocket, to be specific. We're back on beautiful creatures. <laughs> yeah. Not on pretty little liars. <laughs> Alma told him to bury that. <laughs> she didn't say it like bury that. Bury that. Bury that. Son. The date is September 14th. Oh, we're starting right on it. The locket in the pocket, they had a vision in the church. Um, It was really horrible. Was that the burning one? Which one yes. was that? Yeah. Okay, so we are on September 14th. This chapter is titled The Real Boo Bradley, as opposed to the not real one. <laughs> I like this chapter title, like, after you read it and you're like, oh... <laughs> Yeah. I get it. Okay. On Sunday night, Ethan tried to reread The Catcher in the Rye until he got sleepy. Except he never got sleepy and he couldn't focus on reading. I wasn't alone in my head. It was full of lockets and fires and voices, people I didn't know and visions I didn't understand and something else. I put the book down and slid my hands behind my head. He sought out Lena using their new mental communication. He asked if she could now just slip into his mind whenever she wanted. She told him it just sort of happened tonight. There weren't really rules to this sort of thing. They discussed if there was anyone that they could talk to about it. Coming up with no prospects. After telling each other goodnight, Ethan silently hoped she couldn't read all of his thoughts as he tried really hard to think about basketball until he fell asleep. The amount of times our boy is like, Okay, I gotta think of basketball plays. I'm like, he is talking down that boner so bad. No, I was so like, he's such a guy. Bad. <laughs> you can't blame him though. Like, I just the first time I know I didn't pick up on that the I other totally times I read this. Either. And reading it now, I'm like, dude's got a boner. Like he <laughs> this girl just got a little hot and bothered. He's young. There's a pretty girl in town. Yeah. He's into her. Emily just didn't do it for him. <laughs> Also, I want to just put a caveat here. Um, I uh, I got into the King Cake Vodka Hango, so <laughs> there you go. Okay. <laughs> Keep on going. If you can. Oh, by the way, me and Caitlin are by each other, so I feel like it's going to put off worse energy. <laughs> or better energy. I don't know. <laughs> Depending on who you are. Okay. As quoted from the book, drowning. I was drowning. Thrashing in the green water, waves crashing over my head. My feet kicked for the muddy bottom of the river, maybe the santee, but there was nothing. I could see some kind of light skimming the river, but I couldn't get to the surface. I was going to drown. It's my birthday, Ethan. It's happening. I reached out. She grabbed at my hand and I twisted to catch it, but she drifted away and I couldn't hold on anymore. I tried to scream as I watched her pale little hand. <laughs> What's giggling now? Her pale little hand? Her pale little hand. <laughs> This, this, my good. Little baby hands. <laughs> this my good hand. This like my good hand. Like what scary movie is that? <laughs> so like scary movie for one. This my good hand. Is y'all know what I'm talking about? No. Nope. Can I keep reading? I tried to scream as I watched her pale little hand drift. <laughs> Shut up. Drift it. Drift down toward the darkness. But my mouth filled with water and I couldn't make a sound. I could feel myself choking. I was starting to black out. I tried to warn you. You have to let me go. Ethan jolted awake, his shirt, pillow, and hair soaking wet. His whole room felt sticky and humid. He guessed the window was open again. Emma screamed that if he didn't come downstairs, she would blockade his breakfast supply for the week. Ethan knew he was in for it. Emma still had to be mad about Friday. 
and she warned him once again to stay away from Lena and that house. This was strange coming from her, Ethan thought, considering she didn't typically side with the rest of the town's beliefs. Something had Emma spooked. She muttered, Don't want to hear about any green eyes and black hair. It's fixing to come up a bad cloud today, so you be careful. Emma hadn't just gone dark. She gone pitch black. Ethan agreed. Something bad was coming. We about to go play out in the snow, y'all. Yeah, we're probably going to stop halfway through and go <laughs> run around We need to get a little drunker, though. This is our first snow of the year in March. And spring break. <laughs> Link pulled up outside in the beater. Once Ethan got in the car, Link told him they have troops. <laughs> Everyone was organizing a luncheon for Lena. Link's mom was running the mob like another mom would run a bake sale. I thought that was a good line, but it didn't make sense at first. <laughs> Is that when you just had to reread in the book and you're like, hmm. Are you just talking about your interpretation of it? My interpretation of it. So we find out that Link's mom is basically the woman from Parks and Recreation who runs around everything that is immoral and ruining the community. Runs around screaming about everything. That's, that's what I thought it was the equivalent of, but clearly I couldn't figure it out. Um, her name is Marsha Langman. If I you watched, know, you know. I watched the clip of her, I think. I couldn't remember anything about that, but... It's like, she comes up on everything, like the gay penguins, the, <laughs> the Jerry, gay penguins. Jerry's painting. Mm-hmm. Elderly people having sex, sex education. education. <laughs> like anything, uh, The Twilight. next thing you know, like, kids will be coming out of the womb, like... <laughs> yeah. Twilight, the uh, Twilight thing was like... This book is immoral and mm-hmm. it doesn't go with our Christian beliefs. That That's Link's mom. Mm-hmm. Somebody was like, it's too Christian. <laughs> Link explained that the moms were saying Lena broke the window in English class. And there was a rumor that she was at a mental institution before coming to Gatlin. When Link said this, he called Lena Ethan's girlfriend. Ooh. Ethan, of course, denied this, stating that they were just friends, as they all say. (sighs) Link warned Ethan to tell his so-called friend to be careful today. Outside of school, the band of mothers against Lena Duquesne huddled with their daughters, ranting to the principal about Lena's indiscretion, a.k.a. an absolute exaggeration of Friday's events. Yes. And I want to put a caveat here. Ethan admits that he wants to be more than friends with Mm -hmm. Lena. Like, he's not just downplaying it, but he's like, no, we're just friends, unfortunately. Yeah. That's what I love about Ethan. I mean, despite whenever he's, like, trying to be the cool guy and everything to her. Mm-hmm. But, like, he's very much like, yeah, I want this. Like, yeah. He's he's a go-getter. Mm-hmm. As far as, like, male perspectives go, I love him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's He's his annoying mom. sometimes. But that's his mom's influence. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Clearly, it's not his dad. No. Lena sat in her hearse, scribbling away at her notebook. <laughs> typo (laughs) scribbling away at her notebook Ethan came up trying to get her to unlock the door she shook her head so he plopped himself down on the hood she got out to tell him he was crazy and he stated that he heard she was even crazier love that he asked if she could hear the mob in the administration building she told him she wasn't a mind reader, but he reminded her she could read his mind. Lena explained that that was different, and she didn't know how she did it with him. It was just their connection, something she never experienced with anyone before. This clearly made Ethan nervous. I wanted to tell her I knew how she felt. 
I wanted to tell her when we were together like that in our minds, even if our bodies were a million miles away, I felt closer to her than I'd ever felt to anyone. That's so cute. It is. (laughs) Ethan. For a 16-year-old boy, I mean, come on. Yeah. Instead of stating all of this, though. Like the 16-year-old boy he is. (laughs) He transformed into the meathead basketball bro. I can imagine Taylor McKessie from High School Musical saying that. He said, girls say that to me all the time. And she just kind of looks at him like, okay. She asked him about the dream they both experienced last night. They both had wet hair when they woke up. The conversation then turned to her birthday and its significance. But Lena quickly changed the subject to the locket in the pocket. <laughs> the locket. I, I didn't say in the pocket. You put that in there. I just have to add it now. Imagine like Baby Bob from Barney saying that too. <laughs> the locket and the vision that they shared. Ethan told her he too had witnessed the burning and he found out some stuff from the sisters. She told him she planned on skipping school today. As she left, Ethan noticed the black dog from Ravenwood barking at Mrs. Lincoln. She told Ethan that wild dogs carry rabies and someone should call the county. Then she inquired about who was in the black car, but she knew. With the subject of Lena, Mrs. Lincoln explained that she's she was planning on asking her to pick out another school in the area to attend. It's our responsibility, Ethan. Principal Harper's, mine, and every parent in Gatlin's. We have to be sure to keep the young people in this town out of harm's way and away from the wrong sort of people. Ethan knew this meant anyone who wasn't like Mrs. Lincoln. She went on to tell him that he belonged here since his father was born him here and his mother was buried here but some people just don't belong mrs lincoln you can go suck a toe like you can go suck a and why is she telling him all of this like because it's southern gossip yeah she's also trying to warn him like this is the wrong person for you to you be shouldn't be hanging with. out with her you shouldn't be hanging out with her you're you're better than that and i'm like you're you too. You're, you're our people you're our people and i'm like have you met him your mother was buried here therefore she counts your dad's born here i'm sure they both would fervently disagree <laughs> like i yeah. know his mom would <sighs> his dad with a right state of mind might but well his dad hates this town but he feels like he can't leave so i don't know also for the playlist um all signs point to lauderdale by a day to remember i don't even have a playlist for this story i need to because i wanted to listen to something that had to do with that earlier okay well main lyric of uh that song is i hate this town it's mm-hmm. so washed up and all my friends don't give a f- mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> i feel like this would be a good florence and the machine related book oh yeah, we, we have stated switchy. that one. Yeah, mm-hmm. we said before that it would all be Florence and the Machine, but I can't like think of specific songs from her albums. She just gives off that vibe that matches yeah. with this. The witchy. We'll vibe. work on that. <laughs> we'll get to that. Uh, the rest of the day proceeded as normal, weirdly normal, until Link and Ethan hatched a plan when he got home alma was waiting for ethan on the front porch she asked him if if he saw her ethan brushed past her saying no she wasn't at school he then asked when dinner would be ready him and uh link had a project to do also at this part alma goes when are you fixing to get back no 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 (laughs) and i was like that is such a weird 
way of saying that. And then I was like, oh, they're not Southern. They don't know how that works. Fixing to is like, you about to do it. Yeah, you're about to You ain't fixing to get back. You haven't even left. Yeah. Yeah. This is only like fixing to is like almost immediate. Like you're fixing to get your tail tore up. You keep on. Except for me, whenever I'm fixing to do something that I forget about, then I do it like three hours later. But you, you, you fixing to find out. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's the intentions there <laughs> it's nearly immediately mm-hmm. that this yeah. is going to go on so you wouldn't say when are you fixing to get back when you haven't even left mm-hmm. yeah i've never heard that said ever yeah <laughs> it's funny because that's the phrase i got made of fun of for at my internship yeah <laughs> and we'd already brought it up but yeah you wouldn't say i'm fixing to get when you fixing to get back when you haven't mm-hmm. even left yeah, it's like I'm fixing to do this or I'm fixing to do that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. You fixing to get your tail tore up. That's, yeah. a, that's one I heard a lot as a child, <laughs> if you can't tell. You fixing it and find out. Yes, my mom's a redneck. Um. <laughs> but yes, northern people will make fun of you for saying that phrase. <laughs> they can suck a toe too. <laughs> a big hairy one. <laughs> a big hairy, crusty toe now. With a catty wampus. I don't. <laughs> I can never remember what a cattywampus is. That's not a one from here. But that's a it. cattywampus or just something is cattywampus? Cattywampus in general. It's just like crooked. Crooked? Is yeah. that what that means? Well, it that's just sounds like I a crooked it word. Was. I look up the definition and then I forget and then I go we look it up again. We know something you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. I'm smart. <laughs> I'm very proud of you. I congratulate you on your intelligence. <laughs> the most intelligent thing I've said tonight. <laughs> For all of you that don't know, we've been together for about three or four hours, and I've just get, been giving her looks like, really? if we get stowed in, we are screwed. We are very. I'm much glad there's separate rooms. There are. I have my own. I'm gonna put my name like a little plaque on the door. You should. You should put a little plaque, decorate it. You know, make it homey. Hayden's room. Give me something better than an air mattress in there and a mirror. I put out every. every I mean, I get the couch, so... There's a floor-length mirror in there, you know, or it's actually like a door mirror, and every time I go in there to go to sleep, I'm like, okay, and I move And every time you leave, I put it back in there, because I don't want to see it. (laughs) Can you tell we have a weird link with mirrors? Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. Anyway. Superstitious. (laughs) Is that a Southern thing? Because I do not like mirrors around me while I'm sleeping. Anyway. Kaylin just flinched and threw her papers in the floor. It was a shudder. It's a shudder. At dinner, Ethan hyped himself up enough to lie to Alma, which always made him nervous. He explained to her that he and Link would be at the library until 9 or 10. She pointed out that he hadn't set foot in the library since his mom had died. Ethan's mom spent a lot of time at that library. Her best friend was even the librarian, Marion. <laughs> Also, we realized... We're not going to shut up. We're not going to shut up. But also, we realized... So, we were talking about marrying the librarian, and we and <laughs> we kept on, like, naming off, like, people in shows. My closest one recently was you. You. And then I was like, well, there's one on Psych. And then I was like, oh, my God, marrying the librarian, the music man. And I was like, oh, yeah. So, there is 
a lot of Mary and the Librarians. I'm guessing the Music Man started that. If not, there's... I mean, that's the oldest one I okay, can think of. Okay, I have questions, though. Do a lot of public libraries stay open that late, though? No. Because I, that's, that's what I say. I find that weird. So, did Emma not think something was fishy then? No, because later on in the book, uh, Ethan's, like, talking to Mary, and he's like, I thought the library closed at nine. It is a weird time. That's, yeah... Because usually public libraries, you know, it's like... Close at, like, dusk. Yeah, like at five or something. It's like an eight to five, like, kind of thing. So, I find that weird. Gatlin's a little spooky spooky. I don't know. Maybe it's just for making. Like, she keeps it open just for making. We'll get there. We'll get there. I don't know. This town sounds even smaller than ours, and our public library closes at, like, five, five thirty. (laughs) So... Don't get me started on the bank here. They never close when they're supposed to. (laughs) For real. They always close earlier than they're supposed to. And I'm like, you mother <laughs> I could get started on that too. Don't worry, Peyton. Uh, <laughs> they drive me nuts. Okay, back to Marion the librarian. <laughs> They'd been research partners and Marion followed his mom down to Gatlin to finish their first book together. They were working on their fifth book when the accident happened. He wasn't ready to step foot in there, but he knew that was the only place where Alma would let him go undisturbed. Okay, but like, they got their PhDs at pretty prestigious universities, and then they go back to this little... (laughs) Past town to do this. Um, there's say- some weird ass stuff here. Why not? <laughs> Where did they say they got their PhDs from? I can't remember. I know that it's like pretty prestigious, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, it happens. Um, what I think happened was that Ethan's mom followed his dad. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And then Marion followed his mom because they were working on this book together. They had been grad students together at Duke. Would y'all follow me? No. No, I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. I I want to move to a new, a bigger city. So, if we were working on our book together, let's call it nothing. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. (laughs) Where that title come from? The book had it first, y'all. I'm sorry. Yeah, the book. Sorry to tell you. Anyway, (laughs) story for another day. Yeah, I think we already discussed it. I don't know if we discussed it on this podcast. I think think we'll come back. It's like one of the first things I think we talked about in the first episodes of like why we chose his name. Um, Yeah. Maybe. I don't know how in-depth we went, though. I don't remember. Who knows? There's not that much depth. I don't remember. <laughs> I wasn't a part of it, we so I didn't We can talk about it. that with our uh, classics discussion. <laughs> In our classic literature. Yeah. Here's Let's Call It Nothing. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> Link dropped Ethan off at Ravenwood before going to band practice. I saw band practice, and I was like, same. But I was like, different band. <laughs> different band. I was thinking that, too. I, I, I was like, what does he play? The saxophone? <laughs> He can't play any instrument. He's not good. I've met some band people, let me tell you. Some of them... I was some band people, let me tell you. Is that why you went in guard? No, I sucked at that even worse. What are you saying? (laughs) I wanted to be seen. That's why I went into color guard. I I was like, I'm not wearing that gross band uniform. I want to wear pretty makeup and do my hair. I can see that. That's definitely a Caitlin move. Mm -hmm. He had come up with the idea of bringing Lena her English assignment because he knew Lena would never invite him over. He just felt like Lena's uncle could help him help them with whatever was happening or maybe he just wanted to see her. Ooh. Music played inside the house along with the dog barking. The door swung open, revealing Lena dressed up. She stood back, shocked to see him. And asked, what was he doing there? Lena informed Ethan that her uncle didn't like strangers, so he needed to leave immediately. Before Ethan could answer, 
someone cleared their throat just like I did behind <laughs> Lena. There in the flesh was Macon Ravenwood. Although he was nothing like Ethan expected, he was eloquent, suave, and well-spoken. Macon Ravenwood was dressed in a suit like it, it was the 1940s. His eyes were pitch black and his skin snow white. Old Man Ravenwood invited him in, being nothing short of the perfect gentleman. Ethan tried to object. I gotta say, in the movie, this that was pretty accurate to that description of him. How old is Macon? Like... How does he look? I'm thinking about late 30s, early 40s. I was kind of thinking at least 40s. See, I always picture him older, but then like reading, I was like, he had to be younger. Yeah. I'm thinking. I'm thinking late 30s, Mm -hmm. early 40s. I'm leaning towards 40s too, Reap. Nonsense. You must stay. We'll enjoy a few Cubans in the conservatory after dinner. Or are you more of a cigarillo man? Are we playing a game of Clue? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Unless, of course, you're uncomfortable coming in. In which case, I completely understand. I couldn't tell if he was joking. Lena slipped her arm around his waist and I could see his face changed instantly. Like the sun breaking through the clouds on a gray day. Uncle M, don't tease Ethan. He's the only friend I have here. And if you scare him away, I'll have to go live with Aunt Dale. And then you'll have no one left to torture. I'll still have Boo. I'll take him with me. It's me he follows around town, not you. I had to ask, Boo? Is the dog's name Boo Radley? (laughs) Making cracked the smallest of smiles. Better him than me. Love it. Love it. Because the whole time they're like saying like, Macon Ravenwood is like the real Boo Bradley. And then the dog's name is Boo Bradley and Macon's just like kind of kooky and everything. Like, yeah. Okay, so Macon Ravenwood, I kind of imagine like um, Adam's family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I can, yeah, I can good, see that. Uh, like yeah. equivalent I'm trying to draw. think of what his name is because all I can think of is Fester right now. <laughs> the Are you talking about the, the dad? The dad. Megan asked him again to join them for dinner. Lena told her uncle not to be a snob, and it's not the people of Gatlin's fault. He doesn't talk to them. Megan retorted, and it's not my fault that I have a penchant for good breeding, reasonable intelligence, and a passable personal hygiene. Not necessarily in that order. Which makes sense for him. It's uh, Gomez Adams. Gomez. Should have remembered that because my <laughs> uncle has a dog named after the Adams family and that's one of them. Lena apologized for her uncle's behavior. He's in a mood. <laughs> Ethan figured it had to do with Principal Harper. She explained that she was on probation while the incident was being investigated. Megan scoffed at the little authority Principal Harper and the DAR women thought they had. I, I'm kind of on the same Can, page with okay, you. Okay, so... I forgot how funny he was. I like, did too. And then, like, the second I read it, I was like, oh, yes! Yeah. The thing is, is I can picture him so clearly in real life. Yeah. Just from the things that he says. Him <laughs> and Ridley, uh, who we haven't gotten to yet. Love her, too. <laughs> They're both, like... I didn't even write down the description of what Ridley looked like because it is so clear and distinct mm-hmm. in my head. I forgot nearly everything else about this book, but I can picture Ridley in my head Oh yeah, so well. And that's why I was kind of upset with Emmy Rossum's portrayal of her. Mm-hmm. In, in the movie. In the movie is because it's not... It doesn't match that. It doesn't match yeah. the Ridley I know at all. Yeah, when I read that, I was thinking back to the movie and going, yeah, that doesn't yeah. equate. <laughs> it doesn't 
wasn't at all. All right. When Ethan walked into the house, he was completely taken aback. This is not the same house he stepped into a few days ago. The suburban catalog decor was completely gone. Now it had the look of the grandiose Victorian mansion complete with a huge oil painting of a terrifyingly beautiful woman with glowing gold eyes. Ethan almost thought he was in another vision, but he knew the locket was not in his hands and the dog was staring him down. What was a sitting room last week had become a grand ballroom. Ethan found himself at a clawfoot dining table that was set for three almost as if they were expecting his visit. The piano played by itself and the house looked ready for a big party. Only Ethan was the one guest there. Ethan asks Macon if the book he's reading is Shakespeare, to which Macon replies that it's Betty Crocker. He was in the mood for something more regional today. <laughs> the funny thing is imagining that. <laughs> Actually, it's Betty Crocker. He's <laughs> like, I'm going to pull out all these cooking instruments. Let's go. <laughs> then Macon turned to Lena. Speaking of hospitality, Lena, your cousins are coming out for the gathering days. Let's remember to tell house and kitchen we will be five more. Lena looked irritated. I will tell the kitchen staff and the housekeepers, if that's what you mean, <laughs> Uncle M. Ethan asked, what are the gathering days? My family's so weird. The gathering is just an old harvest festival, like an early Thanksgiving. Just forget about it. Macon says he is ravenous and needs to go see what kitchen has cooked up. <laughs> and he calls it her. I know, I like that too. That's funny. <laughs> he just like doesn't hold it back. He's just like, yeah, this is weird, but it's normal for us. So hi. Yeah, he just absolutely does not care. And that's what I love. He's like... You've got to eat what kitchen cooks or you will upset her. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> we still, I still don't know what kitchen is, but it's very interesting. The kitchen, obviously. <laughs> well, I get that. I imagine, like, very Beauty and the Beast. Like, Oh, yeah. I was thinking. The objects come to life and create the things. I was thinking, like, Encanto. Oh, yes. Casita. I was thinking more yeah. Beauty and the Casita. Beast. Casita. <laughs> Where was I at? <laughs> How many times have you listened to Encanto this week? Zero. Well, Reba, you see. (laughs) Once Macon left the room to check on dinner, Ethan turned to Lena with a slew of questions. She evaded, pretending like everything was completely normal. Ethan fervently disagreed and decided to venture around the house. He came across Macon's study and discovered a package wrapped in a brown paper bag with string tying it and the local library stamp on it. Macon walked in asking if Ethan had an interest in libraries and if he knew Mary in the library. <laughs> I, but I do love how Macon's like, do you like libraries? <laughs> I thought about that too. <laughs> like, if, if this was modern, like a modern story, that would be a question you asked a teenage boy. Like, do you like libraries? Like, that's a weird thing. Do you like libraries? <laughs> Let's be friends. I like libraries too. I think you do. Like, I see it as like a very awkward talking point for somebody. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you like libraries? <laughs> you know, Marion, the librarian. <laughs> it's like, um, I don't know if y'all, y'all weren't in the cartoon, net- well, you were, but yes. I mean, like, you weren't in the cartoon network, like, obsession phase. And I always think of like Fred Fredberger. <laughs> I like things <laughs> oh wait yeah i remember this what now i just relate to that huh? what if i just relate to that like period? i can't think of like specific things oh i like frozen yogurt and my thing is though if that all this like there wasn't all this weird stuff like with their family like i feel like ethan and macon would have some very long throat thorough discussions about books like are you sure it wouldn't be just libraries <laughs> all that too but like i love the smell <laughs> <laughs> must 
the musty scent of old fucks. Don't get me started. Have you been in the Q section of nonfiction? (laughs) There's that one book about quails. Have you seen that library in the next town? (laughs) I believe it's called the next town over library. (laughs) But that may be a lie. It's definitely but Somerville guess, Library. <laughs> guess what their librarian's name is? <laughs> Marion. <laughs> I thought it was Henrian. <laughs> Henrian. Carrion. <laughs> she likes to cook quails. <laughs> Ethan said Marion was his mom's best friend. Rather strangely, Macon admitted that he knew Ethan's mom. Okay, how do, how do you guys pronounce her name? Lila or Lila? Lila. Okay. I do Lila. Okay. When Ethan gave the man a strange look, making clarified he only knew her through her works. He then stated that some of the information in her books were from his collection. Then Macon made the mistake of calling her by her maiden name like she was an old friend. Oh my gosh. I was just like, did Macon and Lila have a something going on? Huh? That would have been a fun, <laughs> fun of time. <laughs> and then I was like, how old is a Macon? <laughs> Too old. Too old or just right? I just think that him. I mean, he obviously knew Lila, which you find out a little bit mm-hmm. more later. I think him. That's Lila, an interesting combination of people. Him and Lila and Marion. Like, I want. Maybe there's a novella about it. There probably is. There's like 40 million. Yeah. Macon is not the best conversationalist <laughs> and yet the best conversationalist. He's not the best on his feet. No. Like, He's like, oh, but just know her through her research, you know. Uh, He's really what's good. What's her name? Lila Evers or something? Yeah. Like, he calls her his maiden name, and Ethan's like, that's weird. <laughs> like, Lila Evers. Wait. Wait. <laughs> um, oh, I, yeah, just know her through her work. <laughs> maybe Macon is really good at, like, he's really good at conversation when he knows people, and yeah. then, like, when he's alone with a stranger, he's like, do you, like, library? <laughs> I knew your mom. <laughs> yeah, through her work. Just through her work. You know, Lila Evers. She somehow got my personal collection uh, of books. She broke into my house one day. <laughs> really shoddy work breaking through the window. <laughs> she liked libraries. <laughs> That's why we met. I mean, we never met. But if we did met, it would have been in a library. <laughs> Okay, moving on. <laughs> Make it's just socially awkward now. <laughs> he doesn't talk to anyone, so why wouldn't he be? <laughs> exactly. He's the town hermit. Like, come on. <laughs> Everyone sat down to dinner where a massive spread of food was laid before them. Ethan noticed that Macon only ate two or three bites despite being ravenous earlier. <laughs> Same. <laughs> despite Lena's objections, Ethan decided now would be a good time to bring up the locket. As soon as he pulled it out, the room went dim and the music died. Macon asked what was in his hand. When Ethan told him, Macon insisted he put it back. Macon then relit the candles without using a match or a lighter in sight and sat quiet for the first time since Ethan had met him. Ethan apologized, saying Ama also freaked out before seeing the locket. The whole, uh, whenever he's like, what's in your hand? Just, I was thinking about Dumbledore being like, did you put your name with a couple of fire? He asked calmly. Because, <laughs> like, you imagine him saying it calmly, but also being very angry. <laughs> Did you put your name in the Goblet of the Fire? He asked calmly. That's the Peyton greatest, isn't it? No, I greatest don't. contention of the hearing. Do you blankly. want to know more or no? Well, we got to get through this. I'll ask I'm, later. We keep adding things anyway. Why stop I'm at this point? This was ice being like, is it snowing? <laughs> Do you like libraries? 
We're keeping all that. What are you saying? <laughs> With the mood broken and the moment awkward, extremely awkward, <laughs> Ethan stood saying he needed to get back home. Before he could get too far, Macon asked them to describe the locket. Ethan detailed it. Ethan. Lena detailed it, stating they found it at Greenbrier. Macon told her, You should have told me you went to Greenbrier. That's not a part of Ravenwood. I can't keep you safe there. They argued, leaving Ethan as a witness. Macon reminded Lena that Ethan knew nothing and shouldn't have been brought into this. Ethan interjects, saying that he was already a part of this because it also involved his ancestor. He declared that he should know what was going on. After he finished, a vase of flowers flew across the room, crashing into a wall. Macon shot him an evil glare, saying he knew nothing. The dog, the real Boo Radley, paced behind his master, ready to strike at Ethan. When Macon finally spoke, it was as if he was speaking to himself. Five months. Do you know what lengths I will go to to keep her safe for five months? What it will cost me? How it will drain me? Perhaps destroy me? Without a word, Lena moved next to him and laid her hand on his shoulder. And then... The storm in his eyes passed as quickly as it had come, and he regained his composure. Amma sounds like a wise woman. I would consider taking her advice. I would return that item to the place where you found it. Please do not bring it into my home again. The room went dark. Macon vanished. Ethan rushed out of the house with Lena on his heels. Before they exited, he noticed the painting of the woman he'd seen earlier had changed. Lena noticed too, thinking, It wasn't there before. That painting has been hanging there since I was a child. I've walked by it a thousand times. She was never wearing a locket. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Imagine you just look up at the painting and you're like, that hasn't been there before. That's when you go, oh, locket. (laughs) Some crazy magical stuff is happening. Making, you know, for one, telling her like, oh, I can't protect you in Greenbrier. Like he talks a lot about protecting her and not just in like a very, you know, fatherly quote unquote kind of way but like as in a something fishy is going on kind of way Mm -hmm. the family dynamics are (laughs) and like you know once again the mention of five months which has to do with her birthday and you know him keeping her safe and what will it cost like it will destroy me that kind of thing Mm -hmm. just now i was like wait what happens to him (laughs) oh no oh no what happens to macon Maybe we'll find out. Ever. <laughs> Not in any of the ten books. <laughs> Novellas. It's always a question mark. It's like a the series of unfortunate events where oh, yeah. you go all the way to the end and it's still a question mark. That's how it's that's how it's ended. Yeah. So September fifteenth, this chapter is titled A Fork in the Road. On the drive to Ethan's house, Lena and Ethan. <laughs> Ethan is spelled wrong. (laughs) Lena and Ethan didn't speak a word to each other. It wasn't until he passed the street to his house that Lena had started talking. She bitterly stated that now he definitely thought old man Ravenwood was crazy, just like everyone else in the town, and she needed to get back home. Ethan stopped under the sign that said, Welcome to Gatlin, home of the South's most unique historical plantation homes and the world's best buttermilk pie. Okay, so listen here for all all of those who don't know. I only added this part specifically because I've been craving (laughs) buttermilk pie for the past like two or so weeks. And if you haven't had buttermilk pie, I feel sorry for you because it sounds gross. I get it. Yeah. But it is so damn good. I don't think I've ever had it. It's very subtle, but it's like sweet and kind of (sighs) cinnamony. And it's a pie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a pie. pie. Like, 
like I'm, bonus I'm, points right there. I'm not one of those Southerners that drink buttermilk straight oh, or ew, like no. buttermilk and uh, cornbread. Buttermilk pie <laughs> transcends time. Uh, if you ever have an egg custard pie, it's about the same damn thing. <laughs> but buttermilk pie is so good. Like, I don't know. I've just been craving one, so I could go on and on. But that's why I added that in there. It's just because I was craving it. Okay. I want to come back to that. I didn't realize that it said on that sign, the most unique historic plantation homes. Well, what's so unique about them? Uh, have you seen Ravenwood? Well, it okay, changes. Other than that one. <laughs> <laughs> what about the rest of them? <laughs> I think that's the joke of it. Because Ethan's like, I could see that first part, but I don't know about the second part. Like, he don't know about the buttermilk. Yeah. Pie, okay. Fuck you, Ethan. Real <laughs> pie's delicious, but... Ethan's not a real true southerner at this point. Contention with Ethan is his stance on buttermilk pie. It is. I can't with no southerner that don't know no buttermilk pie. I can't. Good. This one is fictional. I'm kidding, guys. If you don't know what buttermilk pie is, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, just go. People took a lot of offense to that just now. We're gonna get some trash reviews. I'm gonna click out of this so quick. Yeah, it's like how dare you <laughs> like judge me because i've never had buttermilk pie <laughs> when lena asked what he was doing ethan stated he needed to talk i don't park with guys it was a joke but i could hear it in her voice that's she a- was petrified it's such a weird thing for <laughs> her to say. to say i don't park with guys like it's kind of raunchy <laughs> i was like why i mean i'm thinking like we know what happens whenever you park on the side of the road like i'm like why did you pick it to say it that way though <laughs> like because it was a joke I'm she's not- trying to lighten the mood and but like she's scared at the same time <laughs> He told her to start talking, to which she said, about what? Gosh. Her constant need to be to circumvent the conversation clearly frustrated him and all of us readers out here, especially if you are as old as us. (laughs) He tried to hold in his anger as she kept pulling back. Yeah, we're tired of the like evading thing. Like just just be blunt. I got some qualms with (laughs) Lena throughout most of this part. Here's what she says. I can't talk about it. I took some stuff out and I rearranged it already. I can't talk about it. And you wouldn't understand anyway. My family is different from other families. Trust me, you can't handle it. You say you're not like the rest of them. You are. You want me to be different, but just a little, not really different. This like is very important to her character, but it's also really annoying. The amount of time she tells him you wouldn't understand. You know why you don't like it? Is because she sounds like Edward. No, Maybe it's because it. I hate this. <laughs> I'm just like, he has stuck around this long. You literally blew out a window and he chased after you. And y'all keep on having strange visions together after touching a piece of really old jewelry. And he just went to your house to meet your really weird uncle and your really weird dog. And the house has changed since the last time he's been in it. He's clearly in for the long haul. Yeah. Like, girl, <laughs> calm down. I know she's 15 going on 16, but she's just so fucking dramatic. And I know she hasn't had, like, people get close to her before like this, but I'm just like, honey, chill. Let him explain himself. Stop saying, oh, you wouldn't understand, which, honestly, I'd probably be the same way now. So, who am I to judge? <laughs> but I do like the part where she's like, you want me to be different like you so badly want me to be different because you're chasing this you know but you don't want me to be super different which i think is so interesting and i feel like as a young girl you know you want a guy to see you and everything so you want to be memorable in a way but you don't want to like 
be weird. You want to be not like other girls, but exactly. just like other girls. Exactly, I was about to like say, other it's girls. the not like other girls yeah. trope. We're back to that. Once again, a little bit relatable. <laughs> he responded that she might as well be as crazy as her uncle, which is not something to say to a girl, I gotta say. No, but... <laughs> Don't ever tell me I might as well be as crazy as my uncle. <laughs> but this <laughs> is take right offense. This is also his frustration and anger talking, yes. though. Uh, she pointed out that he showed up uninvited, and then he got angry because he didn't like what he saw. Lena said, you're angry because you're afraid. You all are. Deep down, you're all the same. Ethan noticed how tired she sounded, like someone who had already given up. He argued, you're afraid. You're afraid to trust me. You're afraid to get to know someone well enough to notice whether or not they show up at school. You're afraid to stick around and see what happens. Y'all, I love that. Valid. I love that. I love that. I love that. Very valid. Yep. Ethan begged her to tell him what the hell was going on, trying to show that she could trust him. She continued to hold back, though, fearing the possibility of him not believing her. Or worse, believing everything. The typical truancy officer knocked on the window, pulling them from the intense exchange. Knowing that word of the two of them together would spread like wildfire, Ethan shrugged it off, saying they were headed home. As soon as they arrived at Ethan's house, he knew something had changed. He knew that if Lena left right now, she had chosen to be closed off and they wouldn't be friends. You couldn't take two rows. And once you were on one, there was no going back. When Ethan was trying to sleep, he heard Lena in his head. She told him that he needed to come outside and talk or she was going to come up. In order to avoid killing the great amateur doe of a heart attack and a stroke, Ethan made his way down. Lena had considered their conversation and decided to open up to him. I almost turned around at the end of your street, but I was too scared to do it. Then, by the time I got home, I was too scared not to do it. I don't really know how to do this. I've never had to say it before, so I don't know how it will all come out. Whatever it is, you can tell me. I know what it's like to have a crazy family. (laughs) You think you know crazy? You have no idea. The people in my family and me, we have powers. We can do things that regular people can't do. We're born that way. We can't help it. We are what we are. And what exactly are you? Casters. Casters? Like spell casters? Mm-hmm. Like witches? <laughs> Ethan, don't be ridiculous. That's such a stupid word, really. It's like saying jocks or geeks. It's just a dumb stereotype. Can you come up with a better name? There's not one word that describes all the people in my family. Is there one word that describes everyone in yours? Yeah, lunatics. We're casters. That's the broadest definition. We all have powers. We're gifted, just like some families are smart and others are rich or beautiful or athletic. I knew I shouldn't have said anything. I told you to leave me alone. Now you probably think I'm a freak. I think you're talented. You think my house is weird. You admitted that. So you redecorated a lot. Look, see that window over there? That's my dad's study. He works all night and sleeps all day. Since my mom died, he hasn't left the house. He won't even show me what he's writing. That's so romantic. No, it's crazy. But nobody talks about it because there's nobody left to talk to. Except Ama, who hides magic charms in my room and screams at me for bringing old jewelry into the house. Maybe you're a freak. I'm a freak. You're a freak. Your house makes rooms disappear. My house makes people disappear. Your shut-in uncle is nuts and my shut-in dad is a lunatic. So I don't know what you think makes us so different. I'm trying to find a way to see that as a compliment. It is. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Just tired. 
They talked like that for hours until the sun came up. Then Lena left left in the hearse, and Boo followed her home slowly. Lena Duquesne, bad pet owner. <laughs> Ethan went inside and reflected on, on the new information, freeing him from his monotonous life. Can we just talk about the fact that Lena has left this dog to walk <laughs> twice? The it's dog hers. is not a normal dog. <laughs> no. It's a hearse. It's not like there wasn't any room <laughs> for this dog. <laughs> Maybe Boo gets car sick. Like, that's very possible. <laughs> this dog, I swear, is a human. I thought that since the beginning. Every time I I've read, read it, three I'm of like, these books, y'all. I've read three of these books. I have no idea. I might actually be right. <laughs> I've read three of these books. I, I mean, it's very possible. Yeah, I thought it was always like a human. Very that- like Sabrina the Teenage Witch, like Salem. Salem. Mm-hmm. That's Salem what I'm that. thinking. But does he talk? No. Because he won't tell we us. We don't know that. I we- kind of feel either it's. It is someone who's changed and doesn't change back, like, from Mm -hmm. being an animal, or it's just an overly intelligent animal. You know (laughs) what? I mean, probably initially the first time I read this, I probably thought earlier on that Boo was making. I did, too. I could see that. I think that did come up one time when we were, like, talking about this when we were younger. I think that did come up. I mean, probably, but, I mean, you quickly figure out, like, they're in the same room together. Probably not. Probably not, unless... Unless it's an extension of him. Ooh. (laughs) Oh, cracks. (laughs) (laughs) The Harry Potter we're bringing into this. (laughs) Or Macon turned a person into Boo. Oh, that's that's possible or a too. Caster one was getting I, out of hand. I feel like, like this was a very big theory we had that it was a previous <laughs> caster. Like, Y'all talk to me in a year or two after I reread the other books, um, and we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> or we could just look it up at some point. But yeah, casters. What the f- are those? <laughs> Ethan knows the truth now. He knows that Lena truly is not like other girls, except you know. <laughs> Is she? I mean, there might be other girls similar to her out there. <laughs> Caitlin's Don't just know. setting up for somebody. <laughs> but yeah, and I mean, they got a little relationship growing since Ethan's trying to make her trust him. And she trusted him enough to come back and tell him all of this. So I think... You know, I'm glad she did. Yeah, I'm glad we got that out in the book. Yeah. And. It just didn't keep going on and on. My oh, gosh. We would be hella annoyed if it had continued yeah. on. And I feel like at this point, reading it this time around, like around this chapter, it like really picked up for me. And I was like, okay, I'm interested. <laughs> Next time, I know we're going on a little movie date. Ooh. I don't know what else is happening. Are we meeting the rest be, of the family? There will be milk duds and the popcorn. That, that's something else. I still remember very specifically that to this book. <laughs> I read that part and went, oh, yeah. We might meet some family members. Woo! Love it. Oh, and we're also going to talk about some other fun things. Other fun things. Have to do with books and literature in the early years. Mm -hmm. By early years, we mean school. Ooh. Ooh. A hint. (laughs) A big hint. (laughs) Okay, well, I think that about wraps it up. Please remember to follow us on Instagram at Let's Call Nothing Pod, and yeah, we'll see you next time. Bye! Bye. We're wild and I'm anyway. That's because I'm drinking coffee this time, not alcohol. <laughs> I got the king cake vodka in my coffee. So. Let's 
Go! <laughs> I'm sorry. You started it. 